She's Lisa, a web designer and developer who's addicted to coffee and allergic to doing dishes. He's Jesse, a podcast editor who's addicted to video games and allergic to vegetables. And this is Company Inc., a podcast about love at work. Welcome back. It's time for episode 16, and I'm taking over this time. Oh, boy. It's episode 16 of Company Inc. Yay! Yay! Okay, so today we are talking about the job hunt, which is why I'm taking over because I'm putting Jesse in the hot seat and I'm going to interview him all about his experiences with the job hunt. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) All right. The dog might be barking in the background. Oh, boy. She's fine. We're good. She never shuts up anyway. I know. Okay, well, let's get started. Yes. First question. I'm ready. How did you feel when we came to the mutual decision for you to look for a job? That's a good question. My initial reaction was sadness, to be honest. Yeah, because I kind of went over this a little earlier and it was it was kind of the end of an era. You know, it was, I had been out of a job. Well, let me rephrase that. I had been working from home for three and a half years at that point. And well, no, I think it's three and a half years at this point. Yeah. Um, so it was about three years when we had the discussion and, um, I just really, I just really liked my life during those three years. Like there was a lot of changes and there was a lot of up and downs, but I can't believe how much I valued just being able to wake up whenever I wanted. Like there, there was only been short stints of time in my life where I could do that. I, for the majority of my life, since I became a teenager, You know, I was either working or going to classes, you know, and granted, I went to college and really didn't go to class. That's why I didn't graduate. But uh, after that, you know, I worked and I had to work these, you know, basically little dead end jobs and things like that. So I always had to get up and, you know, I loved saving money and I loved making money. And to me, that was the best way to do it. And so I did these jobs. You know, I've worked a multitude of jobs over my lifetime from doing physical labor, like working in an assembly line to my first job working in a roller rink to, you know, getting into IT work and not only getting into IT work, but getting into IT work without a degree just from my experience alone. Um, and so in my last job, which you guys have heard me talk about to no end, the stupid college job. Um, you know, there would be times where I would have, you know, every now and again, I'd feel like, man, I really don't feel this for the majority of the time there. I did like it because my coworkers were fantastic. Like it actually felt like I was hanging out with friends, but I was at work, you know, that's what I really liked about the job. I liked helping people too. But, um, there were days 
a lot of days, surprisingly, now that I think about it, where I was like, there has to be something else. You know, there has to be something different than just waking up to an alarm, getting in my car, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, playing some games and going to bed. And that's what I did five days out of the week. Every week for almost six years. And I just would think about this. Like I'd be driving home, stuck in traffic or whatever. And I'd just be thinking about it, man, what is the other side of the coin where there has to be a greener pasture? I just couldn't see it or how to get there. And, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty smart guy. And I was like beating myself up because I couldn't figure out a way to like how I could make the internet make money for me. Like, how have I not figured out a way to be able to work from home and make money, you know? And then you met me. Then I met you. And you had, what did you say? You had the keys to unlock that knowledge because you had done it. And so I was able to, the way things worked out, it just kind of happened to work out in the right time frame, you know, right time, right place. I was in the right spot. You were in the right spot. Things happened to me at the right time, you know, and uh, I was able to kind of jump onto your train a little bit. I was at the back of the train, but I was on the train and I was in it for the ride. You know, I was like, I'm going to try this out. I'll learn the coding, which I did. You gave me resources for online. You actually did hands-on training. We did some stuff where I took a whole bunch of notes on how to set up websites for you. You know, that's before we had our local setups. And, um, you know, I was like, I was into it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try this. This is going to be great. And man, let me tell you, it was great. It really was great. I loved it. I loved it. And, uh, so when we had, I mean, this, I say all of that to come back to this point where we made the decision where the best choice is for me to get a job and I have to give that up. And so my initial reaction to answer the question directly was I felt sad. I was just kind of bummed that I couldn't live that life anymore. And, um, so, and that feeling changed over time. That was my initial I mean, I was sad that you were so stressed out. You know, I was sad that, you know, we were getting into debt. I was sad that I didn't do my business more that could have mitigated this, you know, the whole situation, you know, because you had anxiety. I had anxiety. We all, both of us didn't know what we were going to do. The obvious play was to get the job. And over time, the sadness kind of faded you know, oh, well, that leads me into my next question. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So after you stopped throwing yourself a pity party, <laughs> you know, it just sounds like you were slowly getting over that. Uh, that pity party lasted for like two weeks. I think. <laughs> Maybe longer. A little, little mopey. Yeah. Around the little, house and stuff. I was a little mopey. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't help it. What did you do to prepare yourself for the job hunt? Well, I got my shit together. And so I stopped moping and actually we, we moved pretty quick right after you said it. 
It was with Yeah, he didn't it, waste any time at all. <laughs> it was it was I mean, I might have been moping around the house for a while, but I did not hesitate to start looking for jobs. I think it was the very next day I was on some... he, he was a multitasking moper. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'd go eat lunch and mope and then come back and be like, "Okay, I need to find a job." <laughs> but I was I was pretty quick. I was looking for stuff. So, to prepare, um we actually found a job online was the very first thing that caught my eye wasn't the very first job i saw because there's a lot of actually a lot of stuff out there but a lot of it i felt wasn't for me but the one that i did see that did appear like it was for me was like it was either the following day or two days after we made the decision and i hadn't even looked at my resume yet i was just looking to see what was out there but once I found this position, I was like, oh, this, this, I could do this. And my resume plays really well to this from my previous job at the college. And then it was like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was go time on getting the resume ready. So that's how I prepared. I brought up my old resumes. I was going through old references and things like that because i really i wanted to redo my resume i had to redo my resume and um so i had to update all the stuff and get my paperwork in order because i know places are going to be asking for references i had to redo my reference sheet because there was some people i'm not in contact anymore on that reference sheet um but some of them there were so they got to stay it was great very nice. I actually contacted them and asked them to be references and they were like, oh yeah, sure. You know, cause I'm still in contact with them from the college, even all this time later. So popped all of that into Canva and made it look nice. Yeah. I'll tell you what that helped. Once I kind of got the gist of my resume, um, we sent it off to a friend of Lisa's to kind of, you know, just make sure we got an outside view yeah, especially since I like haven't applied for a job. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Lisa's since, not. Like, Lisa's not going to know. So I don't know anything. Know what a modern resume is supposed to look like, you know, or what it's supposed to have. So I kind of put it together and I tried to make it as clear as possible what type of work I was looking for. You know, I had an objective or you know, in a summary at the top, and uh, we sent it off to a friend of hers, and she kind of she kind of fleshed out some spots, especially with your job, like things mm -hmm. I was doing for you because I had to put that experience in there because if I put nothing for the past three and a half years on my resume to just focus on my IT work well the first question out of their mouth if they were even going to call me is going to be well what have you been doing for the last three years yeah so it was and of course I got advice from a couple headhunters too that yeah putting putting something down is way better than just leaving that time blank. So, you know, my most recent experience was doing the coding work for Lisa. So that was at the top of the experience section. The actual top of my resume was a summary of what I am. And what I am was, you know, that applied to the type of job I was looking for. So I was looking for IT. So my summary was like, you know, IT administrator with 
almost six years experience and blah, blah, blah. You know, I went through the whole thing. And then right below that, we had some like bullet points of specifics of my experience. Then it went into my experience, my actual like work experience Mm -hmm. below that. So it was looking great. Lisa threw it into Canva and yeah, they have a ton of resume templates. uh, Yeah. The templates you can just and let me tell, let me tell you. My resume has never looked better. I have always been the one to create my own resumes. That's how I got all my jobs in the past. But when she got a hold of this resume and threw it into this, the templates on Canva. Wow. It was like, it looks so clean. It looks so clean. I was like, man, this is really great. It was readable. It highlighted exactly what I wanted to highlight. The only thing is they're all like very designery. Yeah, we had to find a plain one because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going for an IT job. I'm not going for like some art director well, job. Well, even they had one for IT and it was still like it had a lot of design elements and stuff. And yeah, it was over the top. I just I converted everything to black and white. And yeah, it was some of the designs on there are were completely over the top and unnecessary. Like I'm looking for I'm a tech guy. You know, people associate um, other people that are good with technology as being like these kind of introverted type of people. They're not very outgoing. They're not very outlandish. They're not very colorful. You know, I kind of like to think I break that mold. But at the same time, I didn't want to show that I break that mold on my resume by putting a whole bunch of colors and, you know, crazy fancy stuff. Well, not only that, like, they're not going to print well on, like, an average office printer. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I didn't even so, think of that. Uh, but, yeah, that's you're absolutely... That's what I had thought about when I was looking at them. You're absolutely right. Black and white text, solid lines, that's all it needed. And um, so I got that together. I got that ready to send out. Uh, actually gave her my reference sheet that I had redone. So she could put that into Canva, make that look good, you know, with the same header as the, as the, um, resume itself. And, uh, I also dug up a very old letter of recommendation. I want to say very old. This was from 2015. It was when I was trying to get out of the college and I had my, uh, my supervisor at the corporate office write me a letter of recommendation. And I always felt like that was my ace in the hole. That was what was going to give me a job real quick was that letter of recommendation. Well, not the case. Well, so you have, you've gathered all of your materials, you've yep. gotten your resume together yep. and, and it Ready looks to go. great Ready and to go. you're all prepared and everything. Yep. So tell us about the, the actual process of looking for jobs. Okay. So what I did was... You know, I used to be on Career Builder and Monster and Hot Jobs. Remember Hot Jobs? Oh, my God. Now it's like Yahoo Jobs or something, whatever. They all stink, in my opinion. <laughs> and I say that I even got my job at the college through Career Builder. So since then, there's been, I mean, I got that job at the college in 2010. So nine years later, here we are. And of course, other places have popped up that are pretty good at doing this whole job thing. So I did three 
things? No, I did four things. Let me see if I can remember them all. First thing I did was I updated my profile on LinkedIn. If you don't have a profile on LinkedIn, you might want to get one if you're looking for a job because you can send invites to other people in your industry or headhunters or anything like that to, I mean, it's just networking. You know, people contact people all the time if they're looking for a job on LinkedIn. So I already had one. I had one from working at the college. I had a whole bunch of people from the college, ex-employees and, you know, on there. And what's nice about that is you can kind of set your privacy settings on LinkedIn to let people know that you're looking. And uh, you can even upload a copy of your resume so people can see it easily, which is what I did. I took that brand new, nice resume that you made me and I threw it up there. And um, so you can get inquiries just from that. You know, people can search you by keyword if whatever's in your description or whatever. So that was nice. I did that just to have that out there. Um, Because employers will look too. If you just send a resume somewhere, they might look to see if you have a LinkedIn to see just to see you. You know, they can Mm -hmm. search you. And so I wanted to have that. Then on top of that, um, I got lucky. Actually, my stepdad had a contact that he used to work with that is they worked at a different business together. But that guy is currently a headhunter for one of the major technology employment placement places here in Tulsa. And he was like a senior recruiter or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, that's great. Yeah. Hook me up with the contact info. Let's do it. So we did. And I sent my resume over to him. We got, you know, coffee one morning and talked about what I was looking for and stuff like that. And he was actually able to get me an interview really quick, but I won't go into interviews just yet. We'll talk about that later. Um, so I had a headhunter looking for me. Awesome. You know, the more people in your corner looking to help you out, the better, in my opinion, especially in this day and age with, you know, I'll kind of go over why that's a good thing. Cause it was, it was crazy. And then the other two things I was doing was I got on indeed.com, which I think they used to be just technology jobs, but now I think they're everything. And I also put myself on Glassdoor. Uh, Glassdoor is nice because you can look up a job title and put in your area and they'll kind of tell you what the job is paying in your area. So, of course, since we're in Oklahoma, I'm not going to get as paid uh, paid as much as if I was an employee of the same job in New York City. Well, I mean, let's be real. The cost of living out here is way less, and you simply just get paid less, too, because of it. But that's okay. You know, you can put in your location into Glassdoor. And I mean, there's other sites that do it, too. You can search for your... um. You can search for your job title and it'll kind of give you, and it doesn't say, okay, you're worth, you know, $40,000 a year. It gives you like this range, like your low end is maybe 30,000 and your high ends, maybe 48,000, you know, it kind of gives you a range dependent on your experience with the job, blah, blah, blah. So that's, those are the four things I did. My LinkedIn got in contact with a headhunter, um, made an account on Indeed. 
and made an account on Glassdoor. And Indeed is great because I could search for IT in Tulsa and it would tell me how many jobs it came up with. And after doing this day and day in and day out, I checked Indeed every single day for new jobs. And I mean, I was just offered the job that I have now, the job that I'm starting very, very, very soon. I was just offered that job like a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, a week ago. Mm -hmm. So every single day since the end of January, basically to the beginning of May here, I searched Indeed every single day, every day. What I like about that site is it remembered my search. It remembered exactly what I searched for. Or if I have multiple searches, it has like a little list of all your searches. And as soon as I went to the site, I could see all those past searches and it would tell me right underneath in those search parameters if there were any new postings. So as you do it day after day, some days will be like, oh, there's two new postings. Some days there were eight new postings. And you click on it. And you check, you just, I was, I looked through all of them to where I got to the point where I was only concerned about the new stuff coming through. That's all I was concerned about. Cause I had gone through all the past listings. Eventually you get to that point when you were on the site as much as I was, I was really, really looking like really looking Glassdoor has stuff too. LinkedIn has stuff too. People will post jobs on LinkedIn. They'll have, you know, they can send you emails of you know, LinkedIn kind of gets an idea of the type of work that you're looking for by keywords in your profile. And they can, LinkedIn can go, hey, here's an email with these posted jobs you might be interested in. Glassdoor does the same thing. If you kind of tell it what you're interested in, they'll go, hey, look at these jobs. You, you might be interested in these. So I'm getting these emails from different spots kind of updating me on what's kind of going around in the world of technology jobs in Tulsa. And I felt like that was covering a lot of bases. Um, and I felt like I had a really good chance of getting a job really quickly. So that was, and I mean, I, it doesn't take too long to just check those emails whenever I would get them and check indeed every day, you know, and then when you don't find something to apply to, you know, you kind of just sit around and go, well, that's it for today. Going to feel helpless until tomorrow. Um, but of course, whenever I found one on Indeed, you know, you apply immediately, follow the directions. You could, some places let you apply just directly from Indeed. Some have you go to an external site for the company where you have to not only upload your own resume, but you have to retype all the damn info into their system. Mm -hmm. And it's like, come on, guys, can't you extract this info from a PDF yet? Where is that technology? Why are you having me enter it all again? I already <laughs> typed it out in my resume. But I'll tell you what, here's just one quick hot tip. Whatever you do, never, ever, when you're filling out those forms on their website, never, ever put the phrase C resume. Never do it. Type it out. Type it out. Just swallow your pride. And take the time and whatever they're asking for, just type it out. Never type C resume. Even though that information's there, don't do it. Why? That's a good question. <laughs> um, 
The reason I don't do it is because I've seen places specifically say, don't type C resume. So I think if I had to wager a guess, I've never been in hiring or HR or anything like that. I don't know how the systems actually work. But I think it's because it creates your own personal profile on in their database. Mm. So they have a copy of your resume, but they may not be able to search it yeah. the way they could if you typed everything into their system or it categorizes you or something like that. So they want you to type it all out. Makes sense. So, yeah. So that's that was my process. I would go through, I'd send out resumes, every resume and everything I did was online. I never ever went somewhere and I never ever called. I just sent resumes through online sources. Cool. So, um, you've talked about it before on the podcast about how you have social anxiety. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Oh, well, obviously that plays a big part in dealing with interviews with job interviews big time so tell us about how you manage your social anxiety when it comes to job interviews and how you prepare for job interviews okay so i've sent out a bunch of resumes right i have my little spreadsheet that i've been tracking my resumes of where i'm sending them eventually you're going to get a call you're going to get a call from somewhere and they're going to want you to come in an interview Well, as soon as that call comes in, my freaking heart rate goes through the roof because my anxiety kicks in. My social anxiety kicks in. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to talk to these people I don't know. They're going to be grilling me about what I know. They're going to be asking me all these questions. I don't know if it's going to be one person. I don't know if it's going to be a panel of people. I don't know what they're going to ask me. Am I ready for this? Holy crap. Like the nerves, the nerves. It's bad. So with my social anxiety, it's like the urge to just not show up at the interview is quite large because it's my flight or fight response. It's like, why would I do this to myself when I could just not go? That'll solve it, right? (laughs) No, that won't solve it. You need a job. You need to do the interview. So I got to be my own hype man got to hype myself up you know i have to keep selling myself that i know what i know i have the experience that i do if you know if they're asking me questions that i simply don't know then maybe that means i'm not right for the job it doesn't mean that i'm a crappy at it you know i'm just not the right person for them and i just have to go in and be okay with knowing what i know and being able to you know not break down into a nervous mess in front of them And uh, so I got to be my own hype man. Got to hype myself up because you got to go walk in there with confidence if it's a job you really want. And why would you go on the interview if you actually didn't want it? Um, so you got to walk in with that confidence. It's like, well, how do you walk in with that confidence when your anxiety is just tearing your mind to shreds? You know, my it's interesting you say, why would you go on an interview for a job if you didn't want it? My aunt has always told me you should go on an interview no matter what, just to keep your interviewing skills sharp. Yeah, I will talk about that. And I can attest to that because at the end, 
I was every interview I went on, I got better and better with it. I got better and better with it. So, but let's go back to the anxiety first. And so I would, um, I would summon some sort of superpower before I would go into these interviews and suppress that anxiety before I went in there. And let me tell you, the very first interview I went on was in front of a panel of six people where at least half of them didn't want to be there. It was stress personified. It was tangible stress in that room. And so we got four people in the room. We got two up on this giant monitor up on the wall that are remoting in for the interview. And they're just throwing questions at me from every direction. And I'm bombing them all bombing the shit out of every (laughs) single question they're asking. Cause I am so stressed. They probably saw me sweating and I'll tell you what I could feel the heat on my face. So I know my face was a bright red. (laughs) I know it was because I could feel the hot blood in my cheeks because I was so out of sorts. And let me say that I have never been on an interview before where it was more than one person. That was the first time. And then you hadn't been been on an interview in a while at that point. I hadn't been in an interview in nine years, basically. Nine years. No, that's not true. I was interviewing. I was interviewing at the end of the college at the end of the college. Yeah. But I only went on two. And one of them offered me a job, <laughs> which I promptly quit. So, um, yeah, it was. And I mean, those two interviews that I went on at the end of my college days there. Guess what? One on one. Very easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of them offered me a job. It was, it was just that easy. So now I'm here, you know, haven't, don't really have any, ex, any real interview experience in the past nine years. I mean, yeah, I went on a couple, but they were not this. And mind you, I haven't even been in the workplace for three and a half years, like dealing with coworkers and stuff like that. So this panel of people just drill me into a pulp and I left there thinking oh no if this is how it's gonna be now i don't know how i'm gonna how i'm gonna survive how i'm gonna be able to do it because i mean my anxiety got the best of me my uh, my nervousness got the best of me you know i was stuttering with with answers there were a couple things that i i couldn't even like i couldn't even think i couldn't even get my brain to come up with an answer that might've been wrong, but maybe I BS'd it to sound okay. I couldn't even do that. Like I was straight up saying, I don't know to things cause I was just so out of my element. So how did, how did you recover from that to go on an interview the very next day? Oh, that's right. I had an interview the very next day. And I mean, really it was out of necessity. I needed a job and I needed one now. And it was like, I guess in my head, I kept telling myself, 
what if I, I had to like flip the script on myself? Like that was really bad. What I just went through. Like, I really don't want to do that again, but I had to tell myself, what if this interview was really good? What if it's a totally different style? What if it's one-on-one with, you know, an easygoing person? Well, that'll be great. Lo and behold, to my surprise and much to my chagrin, um, it was a one-on-one interview with a really nice guy. And that's not what much to my chagrin means. What? It doesn't? It's not? No. Oh, shit. Okay. Scratch that. Edit that out. Don't put that in. <laughs> that's me to future me. Don't, don't let myself, don't make me look like an idiot, future me. <laughs> cut that out. I'm probably not going to cut it out. Um, so, well, much to my surprise that this was a normal interview. Well, I should say an interview that I'm used to. It was one-on-one in this dude's office. He was a nice guy. He didn't even really grill me on my knowledge. You know, it was just a like kind of getting to know you type thing. And he mentioned that if I was selected, that the second interview would be with him. And that would be about, you know, knowledge type stuff. What would you do in this situation? Are you familiar with these technologies? That kind of stuff. So that really boosted my, I guess you could say it boosted my confidence. It kind of reassured me that not every interview is going to be that nightmare that I experienced the first time, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was really nervous about going right back out and doing another one. But I knew in my head, I had to keep telling myself, what if it is different? What if it's different? And what if it's good? You know, can I really pass up this interview And like, if I passed up that interview, why wouldn't I pass up every other interview that comes my way just because of the one experience? Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So it didn't matter that it was the next day. It could have been a week from then. But if I'm passing up one interview because of the bad experience, then that's an excuse to pass them all up. And I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. So... As I'm going on these interviews, you know, I'm gaining a little bit of confidence. You know, I'm getting used to the questions that these people are asking and things like that. And my confidence starts to grow. I always get the butterflies. I always have that anxiety. I always have that fear. It does not go away. It just gets a little bit easier to suppress Mm -hmm. over time. But I tell you what, every time I got an email or a call asking me for an interview, my heart rate went to through the roof. Every time. It's just something I, I can't help it. I think that's natural for everybody, though. Unless, I don't know. I unless mean, maybe, like, I, Unless I you figure, have some interviewing superpower. Yeah, true. I mean, I always kind of thought that because of my social anxiety, it was slightly worse for me. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody kind of experiences something similar where it's like, oh, boy, I got to be prepared, you know, going for an interview. Especially if it's a job where you read the description and you're like, man. That sounds really good, mm-hmm. you know, and you really want it. Then there's that nervousness of, oh, what if I don't get it? I yeah. have to perform. I have to perform really well. So that's that's pretty much what I did. I kind of, I, I mean, I hate to kind of say it this way, but I kind of faked it till I maked it. That's not supposed to rhyme. I, I faked it until I until I was able to 
up here like I was confident enough. And mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, he's great. Let's hire him. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So after the interview, what <clears throat> what do you do for follow follow up? Well, this should be maybe common knowledge. I don't know. But, you know, I always just sent my interviewers a thank you note just saying and you don't even have to call them or you don't have to do a written letter like you used to. Some places used to do used to do that. But uh, you just send them an email, send them an email and thank them for their time, for their consideration, for for taking you into consideration for the position. And, um, you know, make sure you reassure them, you you reiterate that you're excited to hear from them. You're excited to start with the company. And I mean, you can go into other things like to reiterate why you're good for the position, blah, blah, blah. I never really did that. I just kind of said that I appreciated them taking the time out to interview me to consider me and that I was looking forward to hearing more about the position or looking forward to hearing about the second interview, you know, just kind of let them know that you're excited about it mm-hmm. and, um, and you'd, you'd, you would enjoy working with them, you know? And I think that's really, that's really all you have to do is just to, to follow up. Now, if you ask them, because what I like to do at the end of interviews is I ask them, what are the next steps? Where do we go from here? Because I kind of want to know a time frame, or I kind of want to know if there's a second interview or how their process is going to work. Um, because the other thing I like to do is if it's a job that you really wanted, if it was a really good interview, you thought, and it's a job you really want. Um, you know, you can contact them again after a week or two. Uh, after a week should be fine and just kind of try to get an update. If they, if you don't have an email address, you can even give them a call and all your, all you say is, you know, if you get in touch with them or leave a voicemail, just say, I was just looking for an update in regards to my interview for this position. You know, just kind of seeing where you guys are at and that's it. Um, and you can do that a couple times, you know, you can do it one week out and then the next week you could do it again if you haven't heard anything, you know, and after that, if you're not hearing anything, you know, I guess my best advice would be take the hint. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't get the job <laughs> after two weeks out when you're in that third week and they still haven't contacted you. Yeah, i pretty safe to say you should be moving on and i mean i was constantly moving on anyway yeah i was was, to say you you should never you should never just put your eggs in that basket and hope for that to come through and stop looking yeah and i can say that i never stopped looking i mean i went on interviews and i was right back on indeed the very next day throwing in applications to whatever i thought i'd be able to do Mm -hmm. you know and at the end of all things I had a spreadsheet. Like I said, I was tracking my applications and things like that. At the end of it, I I think I sent out 30 applications. Wow. And I think I went on three, four interviews out of 30 applications. And that's including the stuff with the headhunters. And mind you, at the end, I had three headhunters looking for jobs for me. That's crazy. Yeah. That is such a terrible percentage. And here I thought, you know, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be able to, beginning of this episode, 
I was figuring I was going to get a job real quick. No, 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 no. This is the longest it's ever taken me to get a job. And it took four months. No. A little over three months. Yeah. A little over three months. And that's not even that bad in the world of the stories that I've heard of people taking six to 12 months to get a job. Yeah. You know, that's not even that bad. So I guess technically, maybe in the grand scheme of things, I did get a job pretty quick. But for me personally, it's never taken me more than a month to get a job. So what's next question? I'm out of questions. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, yes, I do. Yes, I do. My final thoughts are this. The whole job searching process will suck the soul out of your body. (laughs) It is it is incredibly unpleasant. It is you feel incredibly helpless. It feels like, you know, you're reaching out to these places and they really don't care about you. And I am convinced at this point that they do not care about you. And I will tell you why. So I mentioned earlier that interview that I went on with the nice guy. You know, I I did the panel of people. And then the very next day I had an interview. And it turned out to be like a complete opposite vibe situation. I was really interested in that job. Really interested because I'd be working for this guy. Great guy. We were laughing about technology and all this other stuff. And I was convinced, convinced that he was surely going to call me back and I'd get that second interview. Well, guess what? I followed up with him three or four times, calling him on the phone, like getting the main line, asking them to send me to this guy's voicemail or send me to him. Every time it went to voicemail, every time I left a message, and you know what? And this went on for like four weeks. I kept calling him. And wouldn't you know it? They never contacted me again. I went on an interview there. It wasn't just like I put in my resume and they were like, thanks, we got your resume. We'll consider you. I talked with this dude face to face. And I never heard from him. I never heard from the HR department that originally sent me the interview uh, details. Nothing. Not even just like a a simple form email. All, if he didn't want <laughs> like, to tell me. You didn't get the job. Yeah. If he didn't want to tell me that I didn't get the job, then all he had to do, because he had to have been getting my voicemails, all he had to do was go to HR and be like, could you do me a favor and send this guy a, you know, standard rejection email for the job just to let him know he didn't get it. That didn't even happen. No contact at all. So I went on their website because I actually, that was one of the ones I applied through their company website. I mean, the link was from Indeed. They posted it on Indeed, but I, you know, went on their website to do it and you make your little login and stuff like that. And you can check the status of your resume on their website. I went to their website. You know what it said? Position filled. That's how I knew ultimately 
Like that was the only concrete thing that I found that showed me I didn't get the job. Obviously, if they're not calling me back, I didn't get the job. Yeah, I got the hint. But I interviewed there. You're not even going to take the time to let me know? Like, what the hell? I was so angry about that. Well, it wasn't even just... That's so inconsiderate. It wasn't even just that you interviewed there. It was that you followed up. Multiple times. Yeah. And they wouldn't talk to me. They just didn't want to tell me. I mean, even just sending, even just sending a simple form email would have sufficed. Yes, it would. And you know what? I was getting those simple form emails from places I never even interviewed. Yeah, I sent them my application. I sent them my resume along with it. And those places were taking the time to at least type my name into their pre-written form. And send it out to me saying, you know, good luck with your good luck with your job search. Unfortunately, we've gone in a different direction for this position. Great. Thanks. I can mark you off my list. You know, just in case I see the listing again. That's why I kept the spreadsheet is just in case I saw the listing again. I wasn't like reapplying for something I got rejected for, you know. So I had these places where I never spoke to somebody in person sending me emails saying that they weren't considering me for the position. But this guy and this company that I talked with in person couldn't take the time. I'm telling you, these jobs don't care about you. They do not. And after doing some research, because for some for some weird, weird reason, I had this anxiety of what if I get a job offer and I start a job, but then I get another job offer that's better like two weeks later. So I actually researched what you're to do in that situation. And it was funny because what I found was different depending on the age of the person who was saying it. If the person was older in their 50s or maybe even late 40s, 50s, 60s, of course, they said to not burn the bridge. You gave them your word that you were going to start this job and you were breaking your word by leaving that job to go to another one within like a month of employment. And yet, here's the younger people, 30s and younger, who are saying, screw that. That mentality doesn't work anymore. Do what's best for you. And I tell you what, after as long, after, after the way that company treated me and how long it took me to get a job, I am in that camp 100%. You do what's best for you. Don't, you're not going to, don't lose sleep because you told your current company that you're jumping ship to another job. Also, but don't ghost them either. I mean, tell your current job the situation, tell them you're leaving and all they're going to do, they'll get agitated with you. Whoop-de-doo. Who gives a shit? They're not going to lose any sleep over losing you. You know what they're going to do? You know what the company's going to do? They're going to call the runner up. And ask if they're still looking for work and take them. You'll be replaced like that. No problem for them. Because you know they got more than one interview or one person that was suitable. You just happen to get chosen. They'll go with the runner up. No skin off their back. And you should not lose sleep for putting them in a bad spot because they're not going to. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. You do what's best for you. You go to that other job 
you know, you can even put in your two weeks at the current job, even though you've only been there for two weeks or a month, you can put in your two weeks. The other job might be like, "Mm -mm, screw you, get out of here, which will probably work in your favor because then you could start the other job immediately. But, you know, don't ghost them. Don't just quit the job with a phone call. Go in there and, you know, be a stand up person. Walk in there and be like, this is the situation. I need to do what's best for me and my family. That position was my dream job. It just came through with an offer. And it is the best for me right now. So unfortunately, I'm going to resign this position. They're going to get mad. Be prepared for it. But they'll also move on faster than you will, probably. So I guess, you know, that little rant, the, you know, the moral of the story is I really don't think these businesses care about you as a person. They just, they want somebody to do the work. You know, these HR companies. Oh, that's another thing. Over the years, as I've been in different companies and things like that, and I get to understand what HR is, HR is not there to look out for you. HR is there to look out for the best interests of the company. Remember that. Ask any HR person if that's true, and I'm sure they'll tell you it is. HR isn't looking out for you. They're there to help the business not get in trouble. So remember that. These companies don't care about you. Do what's best for you. And I'm going to end right there. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my rant. (laughs) Well, that does seem like a good note to end on. Indeed. Thanks for listening to us today. Thanks for listening to me talk for God knows how long. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.